Barbecue Central Show, let's go. The number one barbecue show on the low. Your host, Greg Rampy, the grilling masters. This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whoa, how about that? You spoke, Greg listened, we have new production music thanks to your requests he made the investment based on your input and we got the big voice mr david lee riding with us from this point forward and as he mentioned it's another edition of the best moments of the barbecue central show in 10 minutes or less today doubleheader from september 20th 2010 melissa cookston the winningest women in barbecue stopped by talked about a whole lot of stuff Show Karma, Dual Contest, Barbecue Classes, the history of Yazoo's Delta Barbecue, and a lot, lot more. Let's get right to it. Here's Greg and Melissa from September 20th, 2010. Pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q and friend of the show, Melissa Cookston. Melissa, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Melissa. Thanks for asking. So lots of different things that we can talk about tonight in terms of barbecue, outdoor, live fire, grilling, television for that matter. Uh, but first things first, you were competing this past weekend over in Murfreesboro, Illinois, for that special dual event, much kind of like the one out there in Washington, D.C., where they pit both KCBS one day, MBN the next day. And you guys took place in the MBN and won it. No surprise to me, of course. But uh, how did the whole event go for you? What's the condition like out there? And for the people that haven't been to a dual event, kind of set it up for us visually and how that whole thing runs. Yeah, um, in Murfreesboro, it was actually all done in the same day. Oh, wow. So um, we only had 10 minutes between blind turn-ins if we (laughs) chose to do both the Kansas City and the MBN. So we opted just to do the Memphis style simply because I didn't want to get behind on anything since we're a two-person team. You know, it makes it difficult and, uh, you know, be late because once you get behind on something like that, you're behind the rest of the day. Were there a lot of teams that decided to take part in both of them? I mean, 10-minute turn-ins just seems absolutely outrageous. Actually, there were, I think, 56 teams and only seven teams participated in both. So the odds are, if, if you decided to do that, the odds of winning were pretty good. But if you wanted to go you know, one or the other side, you were pretty much shooting yourself in the foot the minute you got behind. Exactly. Um, you know, and and we, just, we just didn't want to take that chance. We're kind of in a points chase right now for Team of the Year. So um, we decided to stick with the NBN. And our next-door neighbors, QAL, decided just to do the Kansas City portion. So since we weren't competing, we got to visit a lot more. Those uh, Mike Wozniak and Beth, uh, certainly great people out there doing very well. They've regained top spot of uh, the team of the year standings. And this seems like it could possibly come back down to the last contest as did last year. But, uh, you know, as you look and it's kind of unique to be, you know, your MBN and your neighbors with somebody that's KCBS. And obviously you have a lot of time where you're focusing on your specific task at hand. But as you are able to kind of look over the fence a little bit and see you see what he's doing, they see what you're doing. Is it kind of a a good learning experience uh, and and trading notes kind of a thing? Or are you guys pretty much keeping to yourself during the competition? 
Well, um, when from 9 o'clock in the morning when we first start um, thinking about breaking down the hog for our blind box, we're pretty much assholes and elbows for the rest <laughs> of the day. So I really didn't get to look over there much. But Mike was kind enough to bring us some samples, and I believe Pete handed him some out the, the back of the kitchen tent while I was doing presentation. Um, so we didn't get to visit a whole lot while we were um, doing our presentation for the Memphis barter or anything. But, you know, the night before and after – certainly, but I just want you to know that Mike almost blew the karma and the mojo. <laughs> do, do I even want to know about it? Well, let me tell you. Um, he didn't get a call in chicken or in pork. Oh. So I'm, you know, all anxious. And, of course, they already called out the MBN stuff. And Pete hollers out, Mike, you're not holding Beth's hand. You're not holding Beth's hand. <laughs> and so immediately I had to grab his hand and put the mojo in there. Right. And... He got two calls in the last two categories and slid right in with the grand, but he had me worried. Yeah, I think for, you know, for the people that don't know, uh, Melissa and Mike are uh, a few of the teams that actually fly the Barbecue Central radio show banner, and it's kind of like that unspoken word and that power given out that you know you hang those signs and that instead of having to ask for the karma every week or depending on how many competitions you do, you hang that banner up, and it's pretty much guaranteed it's a lock that it's going to work, and certainly it's held true. You win the MBN side, Mike wins KCBS side. Things couldn't be better. I know, and I'm so sorry you're out of banners. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, what can I tell you? So uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things. The guys that have them now, you know, they, they know the power that they yield and wield. So we, we need to be careful Dangerous with that. Dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. Uh, so were you a triple entry this past week, or did you just do honk? We did whole hog shoulder and ribs. And, what, and we won it with ribs. Won it with ribs. I was going to say, I mean, what percentage of the time, and I'm sure you have at least some type of percentage when you're in there, is it usually the whole hog that wins it for you guys when you win overall grand champ, or has it kind of floated in between the various three categories? Well, um, at different times of the year, we'll get on a streak. Um, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, we won the shoulder. Um, I Typically, shoulder's not where we come in. We'll either win it with a hog or a rib. Um, and we get on streaks with ribs, and then we'll go back to the hog. Um, I do love fall hogs. There's something about these hogs that we get in the fall that are just, they're absolutely wonderful. So I'd love to go on a hog streak if we can. Um, you know, if if we could possibly get through there and win anymore, I, I would say it'd probably, my prediction would be hog is on a streak next. But we've been winning with ribs. Yeah, are ribs the uh, spares, or you do baby backs? We do loin backs. Any particular um, reason? Have you had not success with the with the spares and gone to loinbacks? Uh, in Memphis style, if you cook a spare, you will probably come in somewhere in the bottom five. Wow. Yeah. It uh, typically Memphis style is all loinbacks. Now, when we cook Kansas City, we we do uh, St. Louis cut, but um, for the Memphis side, we strictly stick to loins. Now, you'd mentioned that you're in a middle of a points chase. Uh, you're currently uh, top the leaderboard there for Memphis Barbecue Network Team of the Year, but there is obviously two big competitions coming up this weekend. You have the American Royal Invitational and Open, uh, but to keep that points uh, chase alive, you're going to go ahead and pass that one up, go down to Covington, Tennessee, to an MBN Network competition. Tell us about that particular one, why you chose to go there. Well, that's where Pete's originally from, and that's where he cooked his first contest 22 years ago. Wow. So that's his, that's his home contest. Um, the organizer there is the absolute nicest lady in the world. There's nothing she wouldn't do for the teams. And, you know, we like to go to those contests where the people are so friendly and they want you there. 
Um, when we got invitations to the Royal and the Jack, um, I kind of figured we wouldn't do both. Um, we chose the Jack, so um, we're going to stick with NBN until, uh, you know, nobody, hopefully we'll get to where nobody can catch us for the team of the year. And, uh, you know, we won't have to, to chase it all the way to the end like the Kansas City guys will. Melissa Cookston joining us here, pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q. Melissa, when you get the invitation for both, how do you decide which one that you're going to go to? Is it because the Jack has all that mystique and all the history behind it? Or was this the fact that the American Royal was just too close to where Covington, Tennessee was, and you wanted to cook that regardless? Um, well, the Jack actually sent me an invitation, and the Royal forgot me. Oh. Um, so um, someone inquired on my behalf. You know, I said I didn't get my invitation, and they said, oh, we're so sorry, but, you know, when, when somebody takes the time to put a postmark on something and put it in my name and send it to me, I, I kind of lean toward those people. There you go, right? <laughs> Plus, it seems uh, from all the people I've talked to that to, to get into the Jack, just the whole drawing process, then there's that whole history and mystique behind it. Are you how, are you even looking at that right now? Is that even on the radar, or are you still a couple weeks off from really trying, starting a game plan for that? Yeah, um, you know, I've I've heard stories about the Jack. I've never been myself. Um, you know, about there's a lot of celebrity judges and. Um, you know, the Jack is very uh, prestigious to go to. So, you know, we're, we feel like we're in a little bit over our heads simply because we hadn't cooked much Kansas City this year. Um, we've been strictly uh, Memphis for the most part. And, you know, with celebrity judges, you never know what's going to happen. I know they do have some great certified judges, but, um, you know, there's you always hear the scuttlebutt on the circuit. Um, so, you know, we're just going to go with, with what we normally do for Kansas City and, and hope, hope, you know, that we can at least get a call or two in there. Uh, but we're not looking for much. We're just going, you know, for the camaraderie and the prestige of being at that contest. How is your white meat doing this year? Because you have to turn in white meat down there. Yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm freaking out about that bomb box. Those those of you who don't know me, I'm OCD. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john j o n at the bbq central show dot com. So let's go ahead and kind of back it up a little bit for people that might be new to the show or haven't gone back and done the due diligence for the archives. What's the history of Yazoo's Delta Q? Where does the name come up, and where do we lead up to present day? Uh, My husband was cooking when we got married, and he introduced me to Competition Barbecue, which I immediately fell in love with because I'm too old to play basketball and I don't like golf. so, you know, I, I immediately jumped in, and, um, you know, we, we cook. We're just a husband and wife team. We cook all three categories. Um, Yazoo's Delta Q comes from the Mississippi Delta region. There's a uh, Yazoo City, Yazoo River. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted our barbecue to emanate was the Mississippi Delta. And, you know, the name Yazoo's is easy to remember. Most people don't pronounce it correctly, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, we're always last on the list, and, and that's okay, too. Um, I, I like the name. It's catchy, and, uh, you know, it's who we are now. Nobody knows Melissa, but they know her, there's Yazoo's. So. Now, for the people that aren't as familiar with uh, the MBN style of cooking, it's a little bit different. You have the three categories, uh, all pork. And then, of course, the judging that we've talked about in the past is completely different than some of the other sanctioning bodies out there. So give us a little uh, up to speed on what MBN is all about and how their competitions are run. Sure. Um, we cook whole hog, shoulder, and ribs are our three main categories. Um, we have blind judging, which starts uh, before on-site judging. 
and then we have one judge at a time come on site. You have three judges in each category. They take the top three teams from each category with blind and um, on-site judges' scores and determine the top three, and a set of four finals judges go around to the nine finalists. You have the top three in hog, the top three in shoulder, and the top three in ribs. And those four judges deem the best of the best that day, and that's who's crowned grand champion. And what kind of a turnout are you usually getting for contests? Is it similar along any type of sanctioning body where some contests are just going to pull more teams in or not, or do you see kind of a standard number showing up at your competitions that you show up to? You know, like Covington is the world's oldest contest. I mean, they have they have local teams that cook that contest every single year. And, you know, they'll get 30, 35 teams. Murfreesboro, Illinois, where we were last weekend, is the same way. Um, Charlotte, um, I don't they had 25 teams or so. But, you know, you get in some of these smaller towns where um, they haven't really been exposed to competition barbecue and the, and the local teams aren't um, – coming out and competing as much, you know, you might only have 10 or 15 teams. So, um, you know, somewhere bet- between 15 and 35 usually. Melissa Cookson of Yazoo's Delta Q joining us here on the show. Melissa, have you seen kind of a, a tail off in teams showing up here over the last 16, 17 months just because of the economic influence it's had on the sport? You know, um, I really thought I would, but, um, not so much. I mean, I, I think that people are maybe cooking less categories or they're being a little more choosy about which contest they go to. But there's a lot of new teams cooking the Memphis style now. So um, really, I think our numbers have remained about the same. I know we've grown substantially the number of contests that we have every year. So, um, you know, that always helps, too. Um, anytime, you know, you can you can grow like that, you bring in new teams. And um, fortunately, we've, we've been doing some barbecue schools with some new teams that, um, you know, that, that we hadn't had in the past. We've, you know, had 10 or 12 teams come to barbecue schools. So we're, we're really excited about that, excited for them to get on the circuit and see what they can do. Now, there's almost a limitless supply of things that you can cook on these days. Uh, what does Yazoo's Delta Q prefer as their cooker of choice? Uh, we have four backwood smokers, ranging from a little bitty chubby up to a hog cooker. And um, that's that's all we use. We're strictly backwoods team. Anything in particular that the backwoods drew you to versus some of the other uh, similar cabinet type smokers? Well, they're double wall insulated, so um, I'm not getting any younger. I need a little more sleep at night because we fought barrel grills for years, and um, you know, with the double wall insulation, you you maintain heat so much better. Um, you know, if we open the door, we, we recapture that heat in three to four minutes as opposed to 30 or 40 minutes, and you're not fighting those huge temperature fluctuations. Um, so that's what I like about them the most. And one of the, uh, one of the things that you had just mentioned here a couple minutes ago was the classes. And it seems, you know, regardless of who you're talking to, that there has certainly been a proliferation of cooking classes, people that are winning or, or putting classes on. So... What I've heard, and uh, one of the people that was actually on the television show when I, when I had her on, Danielle Damoski of DivaQ, was talking about, uh, you know, she didn't really know for these classes that are being put on that are kind of deemed as tell-all classes or we show everything. She wasn't necessarily believing that everybody was showing all of their cards. So how do you structure your class? Is it a this is what we do and we're sharing everything? Or do you hold some stuff back to remain that competitive edge? Because I wouldn't share anything if I was putting on a class. Yeah, um, we we do share all, and and I'll tell you why. Because I'm not I'm not going to take somebody's money and not tell them what I'm doing. 
with that being said, I can give a recipe to 40 people, and they can cook that same recipe, and you're going to have 40 different sauces. Um, you know, we do what we do, and we've been doing it for lots of years. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say, hey, here's my recipe for sauce. Please try it. Please use it. Um, or showing them, look, this is how we skin a hog. We really don't have any big secrets. The key to success is all about being consistent. And, you know, you have to cook the same rib this week that you won with last week, and you have to be able to replicate that week after week after week. And the only way to do that is to cook every week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, when we first started doing classes, I was concerned, you know, about, oh, we're going to teach all these people what we do, and then they're going to beat us, and, you know, <laughs> um, you know, then we have no way to make money. But um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't feel good about taking people's money and not showing them what we do. And, you know, I'm not saying I've never said, look, this is what you have to do. I tell people, this is what we do. Um, feel free to use it, you know, but, but do what works best for you. This is just what works for us. Do you think that there's a, there's a, there will be a point or that there is a point now where the teams are taking these classes and they want to kind of, I don't want to say skip ahead, but they definitely want to get ahead of the learning curve. So instead of taking the base of knowledge that you have given them or whoever class that they've taken has given them and making it their own with, in some form or fashion, they just use whatever they've just been taught and turn right around to the next competition and use it, kind of leading to a non-original flavor profile for a, a certain amount of teams. Do you think that you're either in the midst of something like that right now in competition barbecue, or, or is, that a, is there a potential of that happening? Yeah, you know, I tell people, you got to know how to cook. You, you can't come watch me cook and think you know how to cook. You have to learn how to cook on your cooker. Um, you know, I'm sure Baskin-Robbins has 52 flavors for a reason. And, you know, your flavor profile that you like may not be what I serve. And I'm not saying that I necessarily use in competition the flavor profile that I like. I use in competition what I hope that the general Joe Q public of judges will like. And, um, you know, I show that to them. I let them taste that. I make it with them. Um, You know, and they can open up a bottle of my sauce and taste it, you know, this versus this. Um, And, you know, it... Really, it comes down to you have to know how to cook. And, and these teams, there's, there's several teams in the Memphis circuit right now that are all cooking together, and they're all sharing secrets. Mm. But the thing is, they're watering their product down because there's four or five teams cooking the same product. So, um, you know, it, it, I really try to explain to people, learn how to cook, learn how to cook on your cooker, and learn a flavor profile that works for you. And there you have it from September 20th, 2010, Greg Rempe, Melissa Cookston, the winningest woman, the winningest woman in barbecue. Hope you enjoy the new background music. Don't be surprised if some of the old stuff creeps in here and there just a bit. I've come a little bit fond of it in the past few weeks. Hey, you want to hear the rest of this episode? Head on over to thebbqcentralshow.com. You can listen to the entire episode. You can find an episode of anything you want to listen to. While you're there, be sure you subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of that show or this show again. Thanks so much for checking it out. Until next time, I'm your host, John Solberg, and I will talk to you soon.